It's time for the What in the Podcast. Tonight, Carol Malone returns to join us on the podcast to talk about her latest experiments with the malice device, as they're calling it now, uh, as well as experiments on consciousness after death, the ability to transfer consciousness, uh, and tell us a few more mortuary stories. Um, we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 95 of What in the Podcast. Welcome to the What in the Podcast with your hosts, Kent Whittington and Adriatic Mito and Tracy Lynn Hernandez. Hello and welcome to the What in the Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. Okay, we're feeling a little silly tonight, apparently. <laughs> That's okay. Um, as promised, we actually got Carol Malone on the show tonight. Yay! Um, she's going to be on talking to us about a uh, some of some of the new research that's come out recently, some of her experiments as well. Um, we had a really good interview with her. Yes. As a caveat, though, I'm going to say that we had some issues on both ends recording tonight. <laughs> mm -hmm. Her phone kept cutting in and out, as well as my phone. Dropping the speaker, kept dropping the speaker <laughs> function. We would have, I'd have the speaker on so it could be heard, and then suddenly the speaker would drop off. I'd have to push the button and start it again. There was nothing wrong with the speaker; it just kept stopping. Yep. I've never had that problem before. Uh, when Carol's recording at home, sometimes uh, she has trouble recording. Uh, her co-host for their podcast, uh, FPI presents the dark side. Uh, keeps telling her it's her ghosties. It, well, you know, she, she she's tends got artifacts in the house that that probably put up a, a bit of a, a snick every time she goes on. Right. <laughs> apparently, apparently they reached through the phone tonight <laughs> and decided they were going to mess with me as well. <laughs> um, our 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 spirits here apparently didn't uh, care to help tonight. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes they have to be stubborn. And sometimes they're just going to say, hey, are you touching that? Yep. <laughs> Curse objects? No. No, yeah, no. No, no. We have good spirits here. So she's yeah. braver than so, I. I wouldn't much. have cursed objects at all. Much. <laughs> Unless she's opening a museum. I know we call my dog the brave little coward, but I, I would not. You'd be the cowardly little coward, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, no. <laughs> no cursed objects. No, no, no. But I do promise it's a good interview. I Definitely. hope you all enjoy it tonight. Uh, so let's just get it right into it. We're on the phone with return guest Carol Malone. Yay! You might remember her from episode 82 when we interviewed her. How are you tonight, Carol? I am doing great. Awesome. I hear that you've got good things going on today. You you passed your exam. Yes, I did. Tech? Yeah. Awesome. Now, so another step in the right direction. Yep. Yay. Definitely. 
Well, so what's been going on lately? Uh, well, as most people know, you know, I've been working, I'm kind of the mad scientist of the paranormal field. I'm actually a parascientist, not a parapsychologist, a parascientist. Hey, I've heard your podcast. You use mad scientists all the time. <laughs> I am a mad scientist. Where somebody would just let me crack their brain open, I'd be happy. But that's not going to happen. No, <laughs> no, no, no volunteers here, no. no. <laughs> you know. But um, what it is is I've started developing um, the Mind Machine 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. And... It, well, it started its trial, we'll put it that way, 13 years ago. Right. Um, and we renamed it Malice Frequencies, um, just because I don't know why we just did. Okay. So, <laughs> to tell you the truth, I have no clue how that happened. So, is, Mal <laughs> is Malice a name, or does it uh, represent something in particular? Um, malice does represent something in particular. It is actually each... It's a letter, it's it's letters mixed for team members. So oh, okay, okay. It's a very special name. We've been on a very long journey together. We did our last field test at a jail bit, built in the 1800s, mm -hmm. and it stayed open until 1998. Um, this jail was brutal. I mean, they had everything from criminally insane to murderers to women they this jail held everybody um it was a very very brutal place a lot of brutal things went through and we did our last test um at the at the poly jail which if you guys ever get a chance to go to i highly recommend it and i wanted to take the human human out of the experiment and what I mean by that is everybody knows that the human brain is extremely powerful. It can actually project things. It can project voices. It can project visual things. Um, that's just the way it is. It's a very strong organ in the body. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't have any human connection to the experiment. So what we did was we took and we drew some pictures and wrote words on paper. And we laid them out and we numbered them one, two, three, four, five. We um, put the camera in there, we put the walkie in there, and we exited the building. And we did go across the street um, and we asked, Can you tell me what the picture of number one is? And it was, I don't remember if it was a train or a house or a flower, but it got it right. Now, remind you, there is, it's not a ghost box, which means there is no pre-programmed pre words in it. There is no radio frequencies going through it. There is no way it should do a sentence, let alone a word. Nothing. Okay. Um, so it had answered four out of five correctly. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, what's, so the, we, what, what's the device using if it's not using frequencies or sounds? It is using frequencies, but it's using it's using the human mind frequencies, the same frequencies that hit the planet, venereal beats, um, radio frequency, not radio frequency, I'm sorry, venereal beats, um, anything the brain would transmit, anything nature itself would transmit, 
wind, stuff like that. So biological um, frequencies, okay. Yeah, we wanted to take every bit of the... Because, uh, please don't get me wrong, I love a good ghost box session, okay? They're a lot of fun. But when it comes to science, I want to make sure that there is no way that it could come back with somebody saying, oh, this was an FM radio, or this was... You know, we have to be very diligent in our studies on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we wanted to take the humanism out of the experiment completely. And it worked out amazing. Um, I did not expect to get what we got. I'm pleased with the results. But it, you guys have to remember when I designed... When I first started working on this, when I first started designing this, I designed this to slow down. I wanted to slow down Alzheimer's, schizophrenia, depression. That was my goal. Right. It so happened that the powers to be took it this direction, <laughs> you know? Um, so it was a pleasant mistake, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um. And it's just worked out great. It now is in the hands of some parapsychologists doing the last test, and then it will 100% go in um, to production. Awesome. Rock on. Cool. Yeah, then, then we might get a chance to use it. Yes. <laughs> I will gladly send you one. Oh. I, well, <laughs> I, I accept it's that. It's actually remarkable when you can literally have answers when there's nothing there for you to have answers from. Mm -hmm. okay. um, awesome. It just opens a whole different perspective, per se, on what we're actually trying to prove in the paranormal phenomena field. Mm -hmm. You know, whether the human consciousness can survive, and if it does, how much of it embeds into the atmosphere surrounding us at the moment of bodily death. Right. Um, you know, is it measurable? We know that all energy is measurable. We know that. Mm -hmm. Say, for instance, and we were, this is our next project actually coming up. Um, we know that, you know, all energy is measurable. It, it has a weight to it. So what we're contemplating is if a person is what they claim to be as possessed, correct? Okay. With you so far. Okay. That negative energy would have to weigh something. Okay. Okay. That, that makes sense. I mean, energy does have weighted, like you said. So if somebody is possessed, so there's got to be some weight to it. At the moment of exorcism, when they're freed, so to speak, would that energy weight dissipate? Mm -hmm. And if it does, haunted items or what people classify as haunted items, would that also hold a weight? Right. Now, to that effect, you've actually performed an experiment recently to prove yes, just that. Yes, absolutely. Two of them, actually. Oh, okay. I, did, I only knew about the first one. <laughs> no, we absolutely did. We did have um, two items completely blessed, and it was done by priests. We don't play around when it comes to science. Right. 
Um, and they both, well, now one was a small object. It was um, an old bottle of cyanide from Grinning Granny. Okay. Which was one of my favorite serial killers, by the way. Yes, I have her cyanide. <laughs> you know? But then again, I have Charlie Manson's letters. So, you know. well, it sounds like you might have had a little piece of her to go along with that sign like too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they all did lose the exact, well, the two. We've only done it on two. Uh-huh. It did lose the exact same amount of weight when they were blessed. Yeah. And How much weight was that? It was um, one point, oh, I'm sorry, point three. Point three. So, so not as much as with the previous German experiments where it was 1.3, correct? Correct. But we haven't done a human yet. Right. We've only done objects. Well, I think it's, um, I think it's fascinating that, that blessing the object caused it to lose weight in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's cool. well, and see, that's fascinating because you have to think about it. A lot of people talk about dark energy, dark matter. Mm-hmm. And if the way that our atmosphere is pulling with dark energy and dark matter and the multiverse theory, well, Stephen Hawkins has proved there's 10, but with the multiverse theory, um, you know, I'm wondering if each per se realm holds a different weight. In other words, the items may hold something versus demonic may hold something else versus maybe an intelligent or a full body would hold a different one. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so this is going to be a very long experiment. I'm well aware of this. But if we could possibly get down the, the amount that it weighs, then we could possibly have be able to see the onset through weight before a possession takes before a possession occurs. Now I would think that'd be a little more difficult to do. It would be. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to know the person was being possessed. Correct. At and least with I enough time to, to weigh them first, you know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know a whole lot about possession. I really don't. Um, I try to avoid anything that's going to potentially like harm me or eat my face. So, <laughs> and, yet, and yet you keep cursed objects in your home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I have, I probably have more haunted objects than I have common sense. What'd you say dear, but, about that? What? Huh? Oh, she should have a touring museum with all the stuff she's got. <laughs> like Manson's Actually, letters. People would love to see this stuff. You have no idea. I have posted it online. I actually got a voodoo doll um, this summer. and Well, I guess it was spring. And we were heading over. We were going to have just uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup at the mall. And somebody had two voodoo dolls on my front doorstep. And this is a lesson to everybody. If you don't know what it is, don't just reach down and pick it up. Because trust me, you'll be in a world of hurt. Um, always know what you get. Most of the time when I get an item brought to me, I usually know where it comes from. Well, it came with a note saying, since we've got this, two people have passed away in our family. 
So instead of thinking and taking the proper steps to secure the item, I just grabbed him up because I was in a hurry, put him in the house and took off. I was gone maybe 20 minutes and I started getting just excruciating pain in my stomach, my head. I became very, very, very sick um, to the point of I ended up in the hospital. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, not good at all. <laughs> no, so that's the word to everybody. You know, I tell everybody all the time. Everybody's like, I want to own a haunted item. Ooh. Well, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> I'm sure I have a couple I'll give you. <laughs> you know. Here, take I, one. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm sure I'll send a couple nasty ones to you if you really want it. No. We'll pass. Thank you. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I really truly believe that the science field is actually taking leaps and bounds in bridging the gaps of, you know, paranormal phenomena. Mm -hmm. And especially with us going ahead and digging into the forensic side, um, digging into the scientific side, it's. It warms my heart to see people out there trying to incorporate science into their investigation. Because push come to shove, that's what you that's what we're all gonna have to have in order to prove paranormal phenomena. I, I would agree. I mean, it's one thing to say that you heard a voice on an EVP. Uh-huh. It, it's another to actually have physical evidence to back something like that up. Mm-hmm. Right. And unfortunately, you know, ghost box can be ripped apart because they do work off of radio frequency. Right. So if you have a naysayer out there or somebody that doesn't believe in it, um, they're going to rip. I mean, you could catch the holy grail of the paranormal field. And they're still going to rip it apart because you have no tangible evidence. Your evidence does not hold merit. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. And until we get it to that point where it holds merit and it's a science base, then all we're doing is spinning our wheels in the mud. Right. Yep. Yeah. Now, I would think, though, that physical evidence would probably be a little harder to get in most cases. So, um, oh, yeah. so how would you do it with forensic evidence if you can't, well, get, a, okay. if you can't get physicality from an entity, I'm saying? Okay, but before you can prove or deny a haunting, and I tell people this all the time, <clears throat> before you can prove or deny a haunting, you have to prove or deny the story of the haunting. Okay. I'll, I'll, say for, I'll get behind that. Say, for instance, we've all heard the stories, I don't know, uh, Great Aunt Selma went to a wayward mother house in the 40s, and... When they took her baby, she got so depressed, she slit her wrist and killed herself. And now she walks the halls forever looking for her baby. We've all heard these kind of ghost stories. Oh, yeah. Every First off, we have to figure out if there was a great aunt, so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Second off, I don't want to know nothing about the building. I don't want you to tell me anything about the building. I want to walk in with no preconceived notion whatsoever. Because I'm going CSI on that building. So what we do is Luminol can pull blood up to 200 years. Right. 
So, and I have a lot of pictures on my Facebook where we just did it at the Poly Gel. Yes, um, I saw those so, pictures. I mean, the blood was, you said, 30 years old? Uh, the blood was, I have to check the dates. I don't have it in front of me. Well, it, decades old, basically. But yeah. it, it still showed up brightly under the luminol. Absolutely. Luminol can pull blood up to 200 years. And even if you wipe it down with bleach, all you're going to do is smear it around. So the luminol is still going to pick it up. Right. Um, that's how we put people in jail, you know, with forensics. Mm -hmm. So when we go in, if we spray a bathroom or a room and we get blood splatter, we're going to do what's called blood splatter analysis. Now, there's different kinds of blood splatter. There's low velocity, medium velocity, and high velocity. Um, so we'll be able to tell what velocity is there because that's what we're trained to do. Um, if we go in and we see, we spray and we see a blood pool, um, our bet is that person did not get up and walk out that room. That would make sense, yes. Yeah, yeah. So first off, before we do anything, before FPI unsolves anything at all, we don't want to know anything about the building. Do not want any preconceived notions. I don't want my crew looking it up. You know, I don't even tell them where they're going until they get there. Okay. Um, because if we have preconceived notions, it's going to hinder our case. It's going to hinder our outcome. And then I've just got to throw all that evidence out. Right. And forensics evidence is highly expensive. I mean, forensics equipment is highly expensive. Mm -hmm. So we go in and we verify the claim. And then we go in and do the science-based paranormal investigation. So we hit it with a three-prong attack. Okay is what we do. Right. Okay. Any ladies got any questions? No, not yet. So okay. far, I'm, just, I'm I'm wishing my kid was here because the kid would be all over this, but she's having a date night with her other half. So. Well, like I said, she can have her Facebook, FaceTime, whatever it is, and date night with her boyfriend, but this is far more interesting as far as I'm concerned. I told so. her that, but she's like, no, Mom. We tried. We did try. And I am actually, this is the first year that FPI is actually going out and teaching teams how to use the forensic science in the paranormal. Mm -hmm. um, and I, the reason why is I want everybody to move more towards the scientific because push comes to shove, the field needs to advance. Right. Now, to that end, you've been hitting uh, cons and things like that to, to Actually, people involved? Yes. We do. We we got one coming up September 20, 23rd and 24th, and we are going to be teaching a class two a day. And when you... Oh, we lost Carol we for lost a second Carol. here. Carol, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Can okay. you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You broke up a little bit. Um, so sorry. It's my item. This happens every time. Are you in your bedroom? <laughs> I <laughs> See, I do listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm in the items room. 
It happens all the time. That's all right. You you don't sound quite so garbled as you did on your podcast. So I, I think we can let it pass. Yeah, I think, well, actually, I think that was because I was like sitting directly in with the Beckham skull. So, <laughs> you know. So okay. Yeah. Excuse my spot. Okay. But, um, so what it is, is we actually do two classes a day and we teach you hands on on how to do this how to work a paranormal case forensically. Mm-hmm. And then we actually give you a forensic starter kit. Um, because my main thing is I want everybody out there to start moving in this direction. Right. Um, I think it's the best thing for the field and push come to shove. It doesn't matter if somebody in the field for 40 years or somebody that's been in the field for two years breaks this open it benefits every one of us. Mm -hmm. And I have been in this field so long that at this point, I don't care who breaks it open. I just want it broke open. (laughs) I understand. Because that'd be something, you know, earth shattering to come through. So we do and this is the first year that we've actually taught this. Mm So you, te- you teach about how to do it, but you also talk about the safety parameters involved as well, correct? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We t- well, the reason that we don't give you the kit till you learn is because, uh, number one, I went through five years of college, and I'm not putting my license on the line because somebody luminol poisons themselves and says, oh, she gave it to me. Yeah. That's not right. happening. Right. <laughs> so um, with teaching you how to use it, at least then I know you're not going to luminol poison yourself. You know? Yeah, and that's not, that sounds nasty anyway. Yeah. It, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> no, your lungs will hurt for weeks. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Just don't do it. Make sure you put a mask on. Definitely. Masking is good. I mean, yes. <laughs> Masking has been good for at least the last year or even longer, yes. <laughs> um, so we do do that. Uh-huh. And we do... Um, try to get people to actually be interactive with investigation without the per se ghost box or whatever, because I believe the best piece of equipment a person has is their self. I would agree with that. I mean, you go in there, you're the one sensing whatever's in there. Trying right. to interact with the spirits. I mean, it's not the machinery, it's the person. The machinery, in my opinion, helps the person, um, but it's not the end-all be-all. Without the human experience, you don't really have anything. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go in and get all the K2 hits you want, but a lot of people don't take into effect, and I mean, this is just because I'm very old school. But they don't understand that, you know, there there may be, this place may be from the 1800, it may have clock wiring. It may have overhead lines or under headlines. Um, there's so many different variables. Mm-hmm. Um, different types of plaster, believe it or not, can set off a K2. So it's knowing yourself. Because you are the best piece of equipment you have. Right. Okay.
So, Carol, uh, in regards to the consciousness experiments, you were talking to me about quite a few things that were going on. Um, what was the thing involving uh, the deceased brains? Oh, yeah, you mean after um, consciousness. What it is is um, they actually, believe it or not, people, <laughs> the America has now created zombies. And, yes, zombies. I am, it, it, it is not like a word, it is not, it is like actual, bring them back from the dead zombie. Okay. Okie yeah. And what they did was, it was um, UCLA actually. Oh God. That did it. And they actually were able to develop a serum that they could have people that had been deceased and they could run the serum through their brain and literally bring them back. Literally. Yeah, this bring doesn't have back. Shades of Night of the Living Dead attached to it, no. Not at all. <laughs> not, not at all. That's not creepy or anything. No, not you know? at all. And another fascinating thing, and UCLA is, I mean, I thought I was mad scientist. I got nothing on UCLA. Nothing. Okay. UCLA <laughs> also just did not only the zombie thing, but UCLA also is taking human consciousness and micro and chipping it and putting it into computers and going ahead and keeping the consciousness alive on data, which means if they can actually pull this off, you won't die. Your consciousness will never dissipate ever. Right. So we're talking more about. Uh, we're talking about more than just recording memories. Uh, oh, yeah. Things like that. We're talking about actually downloading someone's consciousness into a machine. Correct. Okay. Correct. Um, which is actually a fascinating theory because of the fact that a lot of scientists actually believe that the human consciousness, well, we know that first law in science is you can't, Recreate or destroy energy can only change from one form to another. That's scientifically proven. Nobody can argue that. Correct. The human consciousness, of course, is energy. Therefore, it can't destroy it, can't recreate it. So they have found a way to manipulate pathways and memory and embed it into computers, which means even though your body is dead, you would still be able to continue on. So think of iRobot, mm -hmm. basically, but with somebody's actual personality, with their mannerism, with everything that makes that person that person, a set for in a robotic body. Right. So it's actually quite fascinating because a lot of people don't understand. When we talk about spirit or ghost or whatever people want to classify it as, because they're classified as so many different things. Um, whenever we're talking about that type of energy, we have to remember the human consciousness cannot be destroyed or recreated. So at what point can we actually harvest, if it implodes into the atmosphere surrounding us, 
at what point can we actually harvest that energy and embed it into a computer, which actually in turn gives you eternal life. Right. You know, if I were guessing, I'd have to say it would have to be done before the point of death. Otherwise, you'd, otherwise you'd wait too long. Yeah. And you get, you, you get that implosion the, and, and you can't bring it back at that point. Yeah, if it, then you come across the proper. <laughs> is it Correct. Is it death or suicide when you have uploaded the, the, the conscious out of the body? Right. <laughs> Sorry. Right. That's, <laughs> so that brings up a whole new set of ethical me. questions, basically, yeah. <laughs> And, you know, the thing of it is, whenever um, we talk about the field of the paranormal phenomenon, like a lot of people will, well, a lot of people's theory is a shadow person um, is an energy that is starting to form. At least that's what most paranormal people have told me mm -hmm. their opinion is. But we have to think about it this way. If it has to pull energy to completely form into a full body apparition, correct? Mm -hmm. Right. Why do you suffer? Then at what rate of energy does it have to go through? Because it would obviously have to go through stages. Right. And if it's going through stages when it hits that full body, can it remain in that stage or does it dissipate and have to restart over? Right. And that would be something that would be measurable. Correct. Oh, it's absolutely measurable. Mm -hmm. And so hopefully, I don't know if this project will take another 13 years. God, I hope not. But <laughs> I'm getting too old for this 13 years something, you know? Mm -hmm. But if we can figure that out, if we can figure out what point um, consciousness versus a, a residual versus, you know, a shadow person versus a full body, at what point and how long that takes and what weight that energy has to be, then we have a real shot of being able to track it. And if we track it, we can actually put it into a Possible. Hey, Carol, you're, you're breaking up a, a little bit there again. Oh, I'm sorry. We could put it into a plausible situation into where we could mock it. Therefore, it's answering. Answering to what? I'm sorry. Answering the question. Okay. Answering the question. Sorry. We're having issues. My speaker just went down again. We're back up. Okay. <laughs> Technofu is working both sides tonight. Yep. There it goes again. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're up. But if we literally have to wait for each step, then we have a real shot at figuring out what exactly the weight of the energies for each one would be mm -hmm. and that would actually be huge because then we could turn around and with enough study of it we could actually measure the atmosphere surrounding 
self-haunting or her claim haunting. I'm going to say that. That her claim We lost you again. We lost you again. <laughs> I'm sorry. We lost you again, Carol. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry, you guys. That's all right. That's all right. If we actually weigh it out, we might have a real chance of being able to know what's coming ahead of what's coming which means we might be able to document and show that it holds merit. Okay. Okay. I think I got all that. I think so. <laughs> Did I confuse anybody? <laughs> no, no, no. It's not the confusion. It's just you were fading in and out, and I was trying to listen, and I think I got the gist of what you were saying. Um, okay. So, I mean, basically, you're just saying that if it's quantifiable in some way by measuring it, then you're getting one step closer to actually proving the afterlife exists and that you can actually put put someone into a machine, mm -hmm. so to speak. Oh, correct. Human consciousness, UCLA, actually, from my understanding, and the, the scientists are going back and forth now, whether the consciousness that goes into the machine is able to... Um, have new memories or if it's stuck on old memories all like almost like Alzheimer's or you know what I mean like a loop right okay. um, but right now it's a debate in the science field me personally I think that if we could actually contain the human consciousness and the memories I do not think that further memories would be possible but that's my opinion. Uh -huh. um, so it's in a huge debate at this time. But we do know that it is possible. It is 100% possible to put those memories into a database. Okay. Science, is turning, science fiction is starting to turn into science fact these days. Well, that's yes. the way it's so always been. Right. But that's the way it's always been with science fiction. Yes, but fiction. it's getting more, it's getting advanced a little faster than it used to be. Well, yesterday's <laughs> science fiction is today's science. Think about it. Star Trek, it is. Star Trek is a perfect example yes. of that. <laughs> yes. Automatic doors, cell phones, try, you know, that uh, their, their communication devices are basically today cell, cell phones. Cell phones and tablets and whatnot, yes. yes. Actually, that is probably the truest statement I have heard in a long time. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, mm -hmm. and like like we were saying here, we've seen movies about uh, and TV shows about, you know, consciousness upload. Uh, upload is the perfect example on Amazon, for example. Yes. Oh, yeah. Good show. I mean, you're talking about a, a company that allows people to upload their, upload their souls, their essences before they die. So. You know, Correct. and and now well, we're hearing that it's actually doing. being Evil's tested. Doing the measurements she's been oh yeah, about. And, and evil, for example. Did, <laughs> did you, did you see that episode, by the way, Carol? Did I see what? The episode of Evil, where they uh, actually they, uh, they had they, they had, they a had priest a, who was knew he was going to die. They put him into a chamber in a secluded room that had a scale by lights. It had had a scale, and he passed away in the chamber. Of course, there's of course electric food going on. And he loses 24 grams, something like that. Something like that, yeah. And But he comes back because it's 
Evil, the series. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I love Evil. I, I love that TV show. Well, then, and then the whole question later was when the nun did yeah, it. When the, when the nun did it, she, and she actually she gained the weight. weight. <laughs> she also gained the cancer. Yeah. That she didn't have in the first place. Yes. And his cancer went in remission. Yes. So they 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 had they had theorized on the episode that the demon, <gasps> that the, the the priest had been possessed by a demon, it was exercised upon his death, but it was just hovering around in the atmosphere waiting for the next person to come along to possess. That sounds like every demonologist I've talked to. Yeah. <laughs> but it goes along with what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm, I fully believe, I mean, well, I know all energy holds the weight source. Mm -hmm. Everything. And if a negative energy weighs more than a positive energy, then a demonic has to weigh more than, say, a residual. Yes. I mean, that's pretty much just going along fast right there. Right. But then, the, um, but then the question is, which does weigh more? Exactly. And that's what we're out to find out. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually got a couple priests to jump on board with this, which is exciting. Mm -hmm. Yay. That sounds like fun. Um, we do have a weight table and we do have an EEG machine and we do have doctors on standby. <laughs> Just, you know, I don't want to get my butt kicked without having somebody there to fix me. So, <laughs> you know. That and a waiver and you're good to go. <laughs> yes, sign a waiver. Saying, you know, if you get injured, not my fault. Yep. But it's um actually, the theory is solid. It's just proving the theory. Mm -hmm. That's going to take some time. Definitely. But if, if we can prove it, it thrust the parrot build into a whole nother atmosphere, a yeah. whole nother realm. Because at that point with us being able to concrete say, yes, this energy weighs this much when this energy weighs this much, then it gives us a real shot at proving beyond a shadow of doubt the angels and demons. Yeah. Things that have been, people have been arguing over since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. You know, good versus evil, things right. like that. Right. So, even though it's a very old argument, I'll say, or debate, if we can prove it, we take that debate out. Right. And, and of course, by proving it, then it goes from fringe science to actual science. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. That's why you got to love theory, because eventually all theory is going to turn into fact. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I don't know what's taking string theory so long, but. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, string theory is a different story. That's just proving that, that something exists in the first place. Right. It's a mad mess is what string mm -hmm. theory is. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. I would not touch string theory for nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's a science that makes me scratch my head. That's a science that's like never going to end. You know, just it goes on forever. It's like that song from that pork shop. Oh no! No, now, that's a song that never ends. Now it's yeah, in my head. Never ends. Now it's in my head. You know they say that to get it out of your head, you're supposed to sing the end of the song, but the song never ends. I like that song by Herman Simmons. Right. 
But yeah, we have some really exciting things coming up this year. Mm-hmm. So um, we have some great Paracons coming up. Um, we have actually the 23rd, 24th, a friend of mine, Chris, Chris Blocks, everybody knows him as the Amityville kid. Right, right. Um, he will be their great guy. I mean, he is just phenomenal. And you want to talk about some stories that would just give you nightmares. Yeah, he has them. Mm-hmm. He has them tenfold. Yeah, I, I recall him on your podcast. And he, yeah, he was a very interesting interview. Uh, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And just, well, you know, he's putting out the real Amityville. Right. Like the true story. Mm-hmm. And actually, to me, the true story is way more frightening. And, uh, you know, the devil ate my dingo. (laughs) (laughs) That's one way to put it, yeah. (laughs) But you're right. You're right. I mean, his story uh, versus what we actually saw, is is, it's night and day. Oh, it is. And a lot of people don't understand that that, you know, when it comes to the Amityville, Mm Mm-hmm the house itself it wasn't it, i mean DeFeo was just an insane madman that wanted his parents money he was just he was he was just excuse my language but batshit crazy right oh, he was yeah he was 10 shades from messed up but was he schizophrenic? Uh, the real story is you know george lutz and the all the conjuring he did in their basements and all the stuff that he was into right and a lot of people don't know that and that's why i keep telling everybody you know don't go into any building with preconceived notion well, yeah cause because it, that, that's the part they left out yeah stories just keep growing mm-hmm. you know over time and um you gotta be able to concrete prove or deny what happened before you can prove or deny a haunting to begin with Right. So you have to have the facts. Well, speaking of your guests, I want you, I, 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 if you would, I would like you to talk about your podcast. Absolutely. Well, we're on every Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, it always starts out into the paranormal side of things, but somehow always ends up into this like mad scientist realm and things that we want to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But we definitely go over a lot of science in the paranormal field. We have some great guests. Um, We had Tuesday, Lee Triana Brown was on Help and Blame because, well, with my job, I was able to be on the show for, I think, 10 minutes, 15 minutes before the lights went off. Um, So, but we actually go over a wide range of things we don't just cover paranormal um we definitely cover science um in the paranormal field and you know the best steps to take to endure to where your evidence cannot be ripped apart because that's the worst feeling in the world yeah Mm -hmm. they can rip apart the paranormal all they want but they cannot rip apart forensic science it is what it is right um 
So we're on every Tuesday at 8.15. And the show's called what now? Uh, Dark Side with FPI. Okay. Unsolved. And I believe it's on my Facebook wall. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know it can be found on Spotify at least. That's where I listen. Um, yeah. It's on a couple. I just don't know where. Sorry. Dan, who is a great producer, um, he actually is the one. He's the, the man behind the computer. He is so he's great when it comes to that. Carol. You I'm, dog, I'm sorry, right? you you have an animal in there with you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Actually, my shepherd's having a fit because okay. I lost her. Okay, just room. want to make sure. The reason I yeah. ask is because we've had a few weird instances on the show. Picked up sounds. Was... <laughs> actually, since the last time we talked to you. <laughs> my my uh, my 120-pound shepherd has separation anxiety. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what that is. So she's a she's a huge mama girl. Okay. Well, we figured we were hoping it'd be something we, we like that. We were hoping it was real terrestrial <laughs> animal, but we've had we've had some we've heard some interesting, interesting sounds, sounds that with other with with other stuff guests we that, can't explain. They can't explain, and we can't explain. So we were just checking. Yeah, I have a big. I have a big hundred and twenty pound baby. Fair enough. So now. Blaine, actually, yes, I know. he's an empath, correct? I'm sorry? Blaine's an empath, is that correct? He is. He and is. He, and um, he and is he's part of your organization. Really, yeah, he's really good at what he does. Mm -hmm. um, I've known Blaine forever. Blaine was actually the second person that ever went on the mind machine, the malice frequencies. Mm -hmm. um, Jeremy Leonard was the first when I very first created it. And I think one of my favorite experiments that we had with it was <laughs> we had amped the room up. Excuse me. We had amped the room up at Sloss Furnace. And all of a sudden, Jeremy before, now this was before he went, you know, preacher, Jeremy Leonard type of person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, he was laying down and he was using the frequency and next thing we know he projected and this cross was three foot by three foot it was huge and it appeared right over his head and the whole room saw it the whole room saw it um and then blaine when he was on it there was a story of a guy that had gotten ground up in one of the wheels at Sloss Furnace. Right. And um, Blaine had literally, after being on the machine, projected the, I mean, it was like almost watching the shadow figure get ground up. It was crazy. Hmm. Um, so Blaine is extremely empathic. Cool. And, and, you know, doing that at Schlossmers of all places, that place has a very haunted reputation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> From what well, I know we, about it, and a pretty dark reputation on top of it as well. So, Oh, um, it has a heinous reputation. Yeah. Well, 
we do so many crazy things. Like we, there's a story at Sloss Furnace where some guy was lit on fire from the tunnels downstairs and ran up the tunnels and onto the grounds and made it 40 feet. Mm-hmm. So of course, me being the mad scientist I am was like, there's no way that could happen. So I hired a stuntman. <laughs> and we started where it said he was lit on fire, which was down in the tunnel. And okay. we wanted to see if they could run 40 feet engulfed in flames. So we lit the stuntman on fire. And he tried to make that run. Now, twice it didn't happen. So we know that that did not happen. There was no way he made it 40 feet. Because our stuntman has protective gear on. Yeah. And yet he was still overcome. Uh, and he was, yeah, and he was still overcome to where we put him out. He did not make um, but these are the type of things that FPI does. I mean, we actually ship people off a crybaby bridge. Um, and now, they're stuntmen. We, we know what we're doing. We're not going to kill anybody. But, uh, <laughs> you, know, but, you know, this is the type of thing we do because we need to be able to either confirm or deny the story. Yeah. Without it, there is no haunting. The story is just a story if we cannot confirm or deny what took place. Okay. Questions? Anybody? So, yeah, we're, we're a little on the crazy side. <laughs> That's why I want to go check it out. Well, basically, a little crazy. <laughs> They're like, where are you guys lighting the fire? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Can you say that again, Carol? I lost you again. You guys are like, where's the next time you're lighting somebody on fire? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, but that's because we're weird. So, yeah. Hey, that's okay. We're actually, we're actually dumping somebody off of a suicide bridge in California. How long do you know? Oh, when right. are you doing that? <laughs> uh, this year, sometimes we're trying to wait till the hurricane season's over. I get that. Yeah. Because hurricane season is, you know, She's gonna she's gonna ride a hurricane season so she can go to California and throw somebody off a bridge. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's all in the name of paranormal science, though. Yeah, all in okay. the name of science. Yep. <laughs> Got to wait till the waters build back up around here too. If you're throwing somebody off a bridge, <laughs> right? We've actually in uh, Polly Joe, we're getting ready because there was said to be a hanging. Uh huh. And actually, it's great footage. Actually, when they were pulling the um, cords after the DVR, just getting things wrapped up, and all of a sudden, see boots swing across like somebody was hanging. It was insane. They caught this on their DVR system. Well, so of course, me, you know, I have to go out and figure out first off where they could hang themselves from. And then I have to gather Fred, which is a forensics dummy. Okay, Fred doesn't get hurt. He's not alive. So. <laughs> and then we have to go ahead and recreate that by hanging Fred. Okay, so you're not actually throwing somebody off the bridge. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Our stuntmen will be thrown off the bridge. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's fair. The processing of commercial information is complete. Back to the show. Okay, now comes the part where Carol gets to tell some of her stories. Yes. Hey. <laughs> oh, yes, tell from the morgue. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> you just told us you just told us uh, one about your hearse and a couple of teenagers. I'd like you to tell that one again, if you would. <laughs> Please. Well, teenagers are going to be teenagers. Mm -hmm. And because I drive my everyday is a 1990 Cadillac hearse. That's my baby. Mm -hmm. So I hear my husband's puppy, who was in the yard, barking. And I looked out the window and I seen the hearse curtains just move barely. So I knew somebody was in my hearse. So I go out there and I could hear them talking. I stopped for a minute and I could hear them talking. So I grabbed the back door and I ripped it open. Now, the teenage boy took off running. He was out of there. He left her way behind. He was like, deuces <laughs> out, gotta go. <laughs> she went to run and I grabbed her by the back of and um, she was in tears and, you know, I wanted to feel bad, but I was almost laughing too hard to feel bad. <laughs> so <laughs> she was like, can I have my Ouija board back? And I'm like, tell your mother to come talk to me and I'll give the Ouija board to you. They never came back to claim that Ouija board. And it, today it sits on my mantle. <laughs> so <laughs> I still have it. It's your trophy. <laughs> it is. They never came back never came back again well it's like I, it's like i said when we were talking on the break i mean what are they going to say mom can you get my ouija board back oh, mom i broke into a hearse I broke into a hearse yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing an ouija board. <laughs> i can see it now you know those kids are going to have they have counseling for the rest of their lives my mother would have skinned me from toe to toe i think, oh, yeah. I think they thought it was better just to save their allowance and buy another <laughs> Probably so, but I can see it now. Mom would tell them not only are you not getting your Ouija board back, but you're going to hell. <laughs> yeah, you're at the back of oh, and then when I was on my show for the couple of minutes, I was sitting there and I had a. I, I have people call the police on my hearse all the time. They think I'm Morticia Adams. I swear to God. So, and then this lady's on the phone to the police, and I walk up because she's like really close to my hearse, looking in the windows and stuff. So I walked up and I'm like, can I help you? I'm the owner of this car. And she looked at me and we just so happened to be like near an old folks home, you know? Who are you here for? And she, well, she looked at me and she goes, do you pick up people before they're dead? And I'm like, uh, no, I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, I need a fresh brain. I just thought I'd hear. <laughs> so anybody here named Abby? Yeah, I need a, I need a new one. You know, the old one's kind of destroyed. Like, I mean, just things like that. My life is, that is my life. Mm -hmm. It is insanity at all times. Well, we love to hear it. Tell us more insanity. I think, and I don't think I told you this. Now I know that um, this one is actually coming out of Haunted Hospital. Okay. Uh, season five, episode three, or season four, episode three. I have mine on there, and I don't think I'm supposed to tell it, but I'll go ahead and tell it. Ooh, an exclusive! Ooh. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> um, as everybody knows, I'm a Morticia. 
Okay. And yeah. I was working there at the <laughs> pandemic fentanyl hit. Okay. Um, so we had most of our people out, COVID people out. Um, you know, we had very few people. There was only two of us working. So we were not only doing the embalming, we were doing the cremations, we were doing the coroner repairs, we were doing the funerals, and we were doing the body pickups. Because there was only two of us. And when they said in the pandemic that we had to bring in semi trucks, cooler semi trucks to hold the bodies, they were not lying, you guys. That is an absolute fact. Mm-hmm. For anybody. We had like gurneys back in there, and it was crazy. Um, this young man came in, and I'm not going to give you his name because of the HIPAA laws. We're just going to say this young man came in. Fair enough. Um, it was a fentanyl overdose. Oh. Um, beautiful, beautiful child. And I'm sitting there, and it's late at night, <clears throat> you know, and I'm doing the Y incision, so, and putting his organs back in, getting him ready for his viewing. Which, mind you, was like in two days. Well, I'm sitting here, and all of a sudden, I hear from behind me, okay, now. And I. Sorry, Carol, you broke up. Um, That's her again. I heard okay now, and then she's gone. Yeah, what? what I, well, I you heard something from behind? Stephanie. I thought it was my co worker, Stephanie. Okay. Because we were taking turns on shift. And she hadn't been feeling real good. So when it, when they said, I'm okay now, I thought maybe it was her coming to relieve me. And I turned around and that young man was standing directly behind me. Okay. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, was, okay. it, was, was it his um, spirit or was it his physical form? Because he was... No, it he was, was... He was... And you know how most people say it's like scary when he, it was not scary. He was so beautiful. It was almost like a gray white type of cloud around him. I okay. don't know how to explain it. Um, and it was just the whole room was calm. It was surreal. It just felt comfortable. Um, I wasn't, you know, my mind was like, what the hell? Of course, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like one of those, oh my God, I got to run moments, right? Right. And then I looked back at the table and his body was physically moved almost off the embalming table. Now there's two problems with that. First off, the neck brace was still in line. Second off, this kid outweighed me and the tables aren't meant to move. So you can't bump somebody and get him to move almost off the table. That's not happening. Right. So I just thought, you know, I'm retired, I'm overworked, I, you know, I need rest. So I put him back on the gurney, put him back in the in the cooler box, and went home. And all I kept thinking to myself is, Oh God, dear Lord, do not let this kid show up in my car because I will wreck. I get that. Okay. Yep. If, if he showed up in the back of my car, I'd have wrecked my car. Mm-hmm. Um. So I go home and I get, I go back to work in the morning and Stephanie is there and she looks at me and she goes, she goes, don't worry. 
I put Michael away for you. You forgot to put him up. And I'm like, the hell I did. <laughs> no, no, I put Michael away. And I just said his name. I'm sorry. Anyways, I was like, no, I put him back in the cooler. Well, she goes, don't worry. I did it for you. We went back there and he was on the embalming tape. Hmm. Yeah. There was only two of us in the damn building and only two of us had the code. So at that point, we freaked out. We hit the closest exit, which was the chapel doors. And both of us were like, it was almost like a rock, paper, scissor challenge <laughs> to see who was going to go back and finish. You know, and I was just like, oh, my God, I cannot take this anymore. Um, so we both didn't want to go finish him up. <laughs> we were like, nope. Um, so she had to go do a funeral, so I was left there. You were going um, cold. So after I had finished his wine business, so I put him back, and all of a sudden I started hearing knocking on the cooler door. Dude, I exited that building so damn quick, it wasn't even funny. It was like I didn't even turn off the damn lights or lock the door. <laughs> I was out. I was like, nope, got to go. I think I would have been yeah. yeah. So you've got a guy that says it's, he comes to you and says it's okay, <laughs> but he won't leave you alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay now. So here to pick on. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. now. Let's have some fun. <laughs> yeah, he, he actually, I mean, we, I seriously thought I should go get an MRI. I really thought I was losing my mind. I was like, nope, this cannot be possible. The dead do not come back. But you're not well, losing your mind because you had a witness. Yeah, let me tell you something. When any mortician tells you the dead do not come back, they're liars. Okay, <laughs> they are straight up liars. We had another woman, and this was actually that. We picked up an older woman, and she was pronounced dead. So we picked her up from the hospital. She had a coronary arrest. We brought her back to the mortuary, and we're sitting there, and we're working on another patient, and we hear this faint knocking on the door, and we hear, help, help. And, of course, we're looking at each other like, I'm not opening that door. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're like, no. So, you know, it kind of takes us a few minutes to like be like, okay, we better open the door. We open the door. She's standing there. And she is alive. <laughs> She's not dead. So we have to call 911 and have them. Well, we get a call an hour two hours later and saying well can you come pick her up she is dead and i'm like are you sure because <laughs> you know? i hate doing this again with you people mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> she died of a heart attack both times right <laughs> both times oh. i was like oh god this is not good. <laughs> not I was, good. I was gonna say that's kind of that's kind of the time you want to double check. Yeah. Well, I was. <laughs> I mean, that whole day I was like on pins and needles because I'm like, am I gonna hear a knock from this cooler door? First off, you never expect to hear a knock from that cooler door to begin with, ever. And when you hear that, let me tell you, your nerves go from zero to a million in like one point second. 
Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Okay, you everything in your body, you get that fight or flight mentality right then and there. And most of the time it's flight because mm -hmm. I don't know what's on the other side of that door. So we've had just, I mean, everybody thinks that, you know, bodies don't sit up. Bodies don't. They do. They actually do. It's one of our favorite pranks to play on a newbie is we actually do what we call a dual run with earth angels. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. Those are people that donate like their skin, their eyes. Mm -hmm. okay. Right. They're, they're donate. Yeah, okay. they donate. So on their box, we write earth angels and then not all heroes wear cakes. It's just our way of thanking them. Mm -hmm. Um, well, what we would do is we'd say, well, we need to take this person, like we'd have one of the people lay on a gurney and cover up and say, we need you to drop this body off and then take this body up to the hospital and drop it off. And of course, halfway through the ride, you know, our worker would sit up in the back of the car. And we used to do that to the newbies all the time till the newbie rolled the car. <laughs> Then they made us stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> I mean, it's, we've had some crazy experience. I've been full on attack. Um, oh gosh. I mean, we've had we've had a baby like where I was holding the organ <laughs> in my hand, in my hand, and the coroner was holding the baby, and. This baby opened its eyes and cried. Now, I had the lungs in my hand. So there was no way this baby was crying. And this baby was five days deceased. Mm, no okay. internal organ. Um, I dropped the organs on the floor, got in the car, and said, I will send somebody else up to pick him up. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, that's not happening. I, but I don't even see how it's possible. Yeah, people don't think this stuff happens. And let me tell you, it did happen. Mm -hmm. This is why we like listening to your stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> Fodder for the gristmill, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm actually putting out a book called Tales from the Morgue. Well, um, we're definitely buying a copy. Yeah. Well, let us know when that releases. I yes, definitely. My, my kid wants to be a forensic. Um, she says pathologist one day. She says, you know, so she's got a lot of ideas, but dealing with, with figuring oh, out how they went. You and, know, forensics is, there's so many different aspects yes. of forensics. There's forensics photography, which Stan, our producer, actually used to be a forensic photographer. Um, there is all kinds of different ones and it's a great field because even though I hate to sound like morbid, but somebody's always going to die. Yeah. I mean, you're never going to be out of a job, right? you know, <laughs> you really won't. Um, and actually, if you think about it, it's actually a beautiful job to have because not only people ask me all the time, how can you? Well, I get to be the one that cares for this, the very last one to care for this individual. Mm -hmm. I get to be the one to make sure they get treated with the respect they deserve. Um, 
you know, the kindness they deserve. And I get to be there for a family in their most critical time of need. To me, that's an honor. Yeah. So, I mean, is it, can it get kind of disgusting? Yeah, I've been called. Actually, we've had two different incidences where we were actually, the police were called on us because somebody had reported us, reported us as serial killers. Um, so literally, <laughs> no joke. I think I yeah. remember that story on the podcast. You were, you were pulled over, weren't you? Oh yeah. yeah. Well, oh yeah. <laughs> they didn't, <laughs> the officer wanted nothing to do with us. Mm-hmm. That body fed off. <laughs> He was like, nope, not today. But we actually had, we picked up what we call a floater. Okay. Now, the problem with floater is skin slippage. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's, it's a horrible thing because to keep them contained, first off, is a nightmare. So you have to, like, triple bag them. And then it's kind of like a goldfish in a bowl, you know, between the water and the blood and everything. It's it's hard to keep on the gurney. Mm-hmm. Well, we were trying to get him back to the mortuary. And there was so much blood, so much water in the bags. He was kind of sliding through the straps. So we had to pull over and put him back on the gurney and tighten the straps up. Well, the only place to pull over was a rest stop packed with people. <laughs> so, oh, no. Yeah. We're like, oh, this is not going to end up well. <laughs> no. Not going to end up well. So, yeah, that was one time we were called on for a serial killer. The other time is we were in these really high-end, richy apartments. Picking up this lady who, she was 96. She died of natural causes. And there was just an elevator that fit one person, and they were in the penthouse very top floor and our gurneys wouldn't fit so we're thinking to ourselves how are we going to get her down we can't take her down the stairs how are we going to get her down so we had to like literally stand her upright like she was standing up at the gurney behind her and we wrote her down and when we got to the bottom floor um she was still in a body bag just strapped to the gurney and when we got to the bottom floor, there was people waiting for the elevator. <laughs> and we were like, oh, this is not going to work out. Man. Right, right. So we get her out the door and we have to move the van because my husband had parked it wrong and we couldn't get the gurney up into the coroner's van. And next thing I know, we get a call. And they're like, did you pick up a body at such and such place? And I'm like, yes, why? And she goes, well, the police will be there in like a minute. And I'm like, why? And she goes, we just had a report of serial killers. (laughs) (laughs) No. So, yeah, people 90% of the time when you haul a body think like you're a serial killer because our vans aren't marked. Right. We don't mark them anymore because believe it or not, family will trail us. Yeah. They like stalk us. Mm-hmm. So because of that and because of the fact that loved ones will steal bodies and hold it hostage, 
um, we have to kind of go indiscreet now. Okay. You know, when you were talking about bringing her downstairs, I thought you were going to weekend at Bernie's her or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You might have been better off if you had. Gurney in the elevator, we would have had to. Yeah, (laughs) you might have been better off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, the look on those people's faces, they just froze. And then, of course, we're looking at them like, "Um, "Yeah, move, please." (laughs) I can imagine. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's crazy, fun, but crazy. Life, I'm telling you, uh-huh. I don't know what I don't know what I was thinking. But. Well, you were thinking you want to be a, a forensic pathologist and then a mortician. And, yeah, and, and, and now you're now you're delving into uh, forensic parapsychology. <laughs> and it's just because it's just because the dead are starting to bother me. <laughs> yeah. In more ways than one. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but. Don't ever let anybody tell you they don't ever come back. Mm-hmm. They absolutely do. So, you guys, any questions for her? Anything you want to say? Well, I want to hear more about your your lesson or your not lessons. You said you're planning on on doing a a, a class or a couple sessions. So, what we do we do it is free. Um, and the reason we decided to do it this year, and I'll be dead honest with people, is. You know, I went to a couple investigations. Um, I'm never going to run to prison and chase pastors. That's not my style. It takes a lot, and I mean a lot, to convince me a place has paranormal phenomena in it. Um, I am like the world's worst debunker. But um, I, I went to a couple and I sat back and, you know, it was almost like taking a journey back 26 years when I started. It, it just utterly shocked me how these, we have so many extremely smart people in the paranormal field, but they're stuck in a rut and they don't know how to that rut. And so I sat down with my team and I said, look, you know, the only way to move this field forward is simply go to these paracons, teach people how to do this so they can incorporate it into their teams so that their evidence has merit that can't be ripped apart. That's going to better the field. So we decided to go ahead and get many kits together. Um, if you have a larger team, of course, we do a master's kit for you. But we teach you 100% how to use it. We teach you how to read blood splatter analysis. We teach you all of that. Um, and we do it for nothing. <laughs> and it's because I've been in this field so long, and this, this is the past of mine. And I want to move the field into a forward progress. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, I have to take steps out of my comfort zone and be able to help others to take a step out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we'll be traveling around this year. Um, We got some TV filmings coming up and some movie filmings. 
but we do have quite a bit of um, paranormal conventions coming up where we do teach, and it doesn't cost you. I mean, you pay for the kit because I can't write your luminol to you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you get it at my cost. Yeah. Um, even if you don't want a kit, that's fine. We don't push those on you. You know, you get the classes for free. Um, so our goal is to move the paranormal field forward. So we're out there this year teaching how to do forensic science into the field of the paranormal. Okay. Awesome. I'm thinking that, that at some point my kid's going to hunt you down and say, hey, hey, teach me, teach me. One your next yeah, lesson. I would, so. I would love to. I actually had, I think she was 17 at Poly Gel. <clears throat> and let me tell you, this 17-year-old, and I really believe this, I believe that the kids of our future, they're, I don't know what the hell they got fed when they were younger. <laughs> <laughs> But these are like super amped up individuals. You know, they're they're extremely smart. Um, I showed her one time and I didn't even fully show it her and she picked it up like a duck in water. Um, and it changed her life. Now she wants to pursue forensic science. Um, so I'm all about getting people the tools that have aided me in my journey so that the field can continue forward. Right. I get that. Yeah. And I think the reason why all these kids are so amped up is because a good portion of us, Generation Xers are like, you know, we had this all served to us by, by not neglect, but by, by, you know, just figure it out yourself. So we taught our kids. Oh. Here, figure it out yourself, and we'll give you some bonus points if you, if you do it this way. Uh-huh. It's exactly what it was. Here's a dictionary. Look it up. Yep. <laughs> and I would love to get it. Like I said, when the malice is complete, I'd love to send you one. Well, we will definitely take you up in, on that. Yes. When we're in California, I would love to meet up with you. Let's do an investigation together. Sounds we'll like have to find fun. a way to get there, but yes, yes, we will do it. We will definitely have to. <laughs> we'll, we'll meet in the middle somewhere there. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would love to teach you guys because I fully believe the more people with this knowledge, the better the field will be. Speaking of more people, I wanted to talk to you about the casting calls. Oh, absolutely. So, we have a ton of them. Yeah. So, um, what's that all about, well, anyway? Huh? What's the casting calls all about? Um, what it is, is there are a company, Blue Entertainment, out of Canada, and there is BGM out of Canada, and then there's a bunch in Atlanta, Georgia. Movies, TV shows. Oh, gosh. Uh, Atlanta is the new L.A. It just is. Yeah. Um, so, there when a paranormal casting calls come up, I'll get directors that call me or producers that contact me and say, hey, I have this casting call, this casting call, this casting call. Can you send it out? Um, I know that August next month, we start all the new paranormal casting calls, every one of them. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, 
they don't only look for guests of, on shows, but um, they do. They actually do. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Haunted Hospital, Paranormal 911, Paranormal Night Shift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Paranormal they, Hospital 911, yeah. Night Shift, all that, yeah. Yeah, we've heard of them. Okay, the, these casting calls, they're the same company. Um, so what they do is they hand out these calls, and it, they could be looking for main characters, they could be looking for a team, they could be looking for people's stories. Um, so I always, <coughs> I always post them on my page, on my Facebook page, mm-hmm. and then I also announce them on the radio show. Um, and the reason why is, hey, if you guys can get your team out there and you worked hard and you deserve that notoriety, go for it. Definitely. Well, they're ever looking for podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you do know that they put together a TV show with two YouTubers and a podcaster hmm. just so recently. I've, so I've got a shot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Yes, you do. And you've been in the field long enough, yeah, they'll love it. Great. Yeah, of course, the speaker goes down the minute I'm about to finish <laughs> up the podcast. <laughs> Carol, it's been great having you on. I, I, I hope for our listeners they get to hear the whole podcast because we had a lot of trouble just trying to connect. But <laughs> it's there been, she goes again. <laughs> yeah, and there she goes again. <laughs> Not your fault, though. It's us on this end. But, um, yeah, it's been great having you on, and uh, hope to have you on again sometime. If you know you got some news that you want to update, you know, let us know. Absolutely, and thank you guys for having us on. We really appreciate. Definitely. It. And before you go, is if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how do they go about it? Uh, best way to get a hold of me is through Facebook, and it's FPI Unsolved. F is in Frank. P is in paranormal. I as in intelligence. <laughs> Correct. Unsolved. Okay. Well, anything else, ladies? Thank you for uh, coming on again. And I would also like to tell everybody, look out for her book. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I will get you guys as soon as it as soon as I get the copies. I will mail you guys Woo-hoo! off the copy. We appreciate that. Way appreciate not, it. Not that I was like already foaming at the mouth and plotting out, you know, save my pennies up so I can get a copy or three. No, not at all. <laughs> well, you know what? The, you know what the freaky thing is? Is every story in that book is like legit. <laughs> oh yes, we believe you because oh, yes. that you, the best stories are always have truth to them. <laughs> yes, uh, and don't forget, um, episode three. Season four of Haunted Hospital is one of my stories. Awesome. We'll be looking out for it. Looking for it. Comes out near October 31st. (laughs) Awesome. Halloween. Even better. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So thank you guys again for having me on. I appreciate it. It's been our pleasure, Carol. Yes, it's always our pleasure. We love it when you come on and talk with us. It's great. You know, you guys had me on. I've got to have you on my show. Do that. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to be on. How about two weeks from Tuesday? Two weeks from Tuesday. I think I can do that. We can do that. Let's do two weeks from Tuesday. I'm going to book you in. Okay. Okay. Woo-hoo. Okay. You guys got it. All right. Look okay. forward to it. <laughs> Yay. Okay. <laughs>
Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. I like that when Carol comes on. Yes. Um, I'm sorry we had so much trouble trying to talk tonight. I mean, I don't know if it was Technofoo, if it was her her collection. Or, or something here, even. We'll call them A, we'll call them B. Yeah. Call them C, you know. But the, the interview was awesome, as always. Oh, yeah. I learned a lot more about what she's doing. And I, I'm all for it. I mean, if you can combine science with for lack of a better word, pseudoscience. It's not pseudoscience in my yes. opinion, but no. But there are people if you can prove that, that the science if you can prove that the science works. It's not pseudoscience and it's one step closer to proving the paranormal. Yes. We're very excited about her research and yeah we're talking about her con- book. We're talking about amplifying brain waves to create s- psychic abilities we're talking about helping alzheimer's patients helping alzheimer's patients we're talking about transferring consciousness from one body to the computer yes we're talking about the singularity there at that point that was ucla right she said yes in yep. the computer mm-hmm. which i have flashbacks of, of the outer limits a couple episodes with the downloaded it's like okay i'm a little leery about this that's why i asked you know which what what does it make legally? Right. Because is it is it suicide or is it, you know, are you two parts at once? What is it? Right. Well, it's definitely assisted suicide, I would say. I would say yes. Yeah. But anyway, once again, like I said, great having Carol on, and I'm looking yes. forward to being on her show. Yes. Don't forget, folks, we're going to be on there two weeks from... from- Tuesday? We're going to be on the 26th of July. 26th of July. 8.15 East Coast time. And FPI Presents the Dark Side is the name of the show. You can find it on Spotify. Look for it. We're going to be there. (laughs) Yes. But anyway, I think think we've done enough damage for tonight. As always, we do appreciate you listening. Uh, We look forward to having you listen again to the next episode. Um, We Um, hope that everything sounds okay. We have techno food. Now, I want to put something out there since we talked to Carol. This idea has popped into my head. And I want to put this to our listeners. If you are a care provider, a doctor, a nurse, an EMT, a firefighter, Anybody in the rescue or medical profession who's had a paranormal encounter on the job, I want to hear from you. Yes. I, I want to. We want. We want to. We want to hear your stories. We want you on the show. Actually, if you've got some great stories that involve your job, please contact me. Um, you can leave a message here on the podcast through our messenger app. You can. Shoot me a, a message on, the pod, on our group, uh, the What in the Podcast Facebook group. Um, you know, or you can message myself, Tracy or Adri, through Facebook Messenger as well. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of ways to contact us. Don't be shy. If you want to get the word out, if you want to tell people your if story. You stay anonymous, if that's you want to stay anonymous, good. even that's fine. Yeah. You don't have to give us your name. But we want your story. Yes. Definitely. I so, want to hear. I want to hear. Yep. 
or you know you can even shoot an email to us if you don't want to talk about it it's yep. it's uh what in the podcast at gmail.com it's all one word easy to do let us know exactly i want to hear about your story but anyway any, any last words before we go if you're hearing this for the first time now and this is many many moves down the future we still want to hear your stories don't think because this is one of our earlier episodes that this is sometime in the future and we're still going at this for many many moves which i foresee us doing because it's us we want to hear it right it doesn't matter if you want to be interviewed on the show we want to hear about that too yes. and, and not just the, what i just talked about if you have any sort of story that you want to talk to yes. us about Anything that you want to write us write us about, do it. Yes. We want to hear about it. Doesn't matter when, doesn't matter. We want to know. Uh-huh. Adrian, you want to add anything to that? Nope. Nope. I think it's been covered. <laughs> She's just listening. <laughs> no, I participated. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, but when I ask you if you are, you just say, I'm just listening. Uh, that's your sta- standard answer. It is your standard SOB. answer. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, we've had fun tonight. Hope you folks enjoyed it. Hope you're looking forward to next week's episode. Until then, stay spooky and cue the gremlin. What in the Podcast is a part of the What in the Podcast network and is available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other great podcast formats. You can find us on Facebook at the What in the Podcast Facebook group. If you have a great story idea or have a personal paranormal event that you want to share with us, email us at whatinthepodcast at gmail.com with your story, or you can leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the episode description. If you like what you're hearing, please don't forget to leave us a review and rate us five stars. It doesn't seem like much, but it helps us more than you can imagine. What in the Podcast is also made possible thanks to our sponsors and listeners like you. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.